Raya. When do you think the last time we had sex sober was? Eros breathes. And copping doesn't count. You don't need to tell me that. I say, getting to my feet. I cross to the window, ripple the curtain, teasing the light. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, I do have a second question. Is it what now? I turn just in time to see him nod. I want to have an answer. I, th I think I have a bunch of answers. Um, I mean, I'd love to just tell him, we try harder than ever to make this work, or we go back to how we've always been, or even, hey Eros, now that that itch has been really, really scratched, I can fix it on something else. Instead, I go with, again, I don't know because every other feeling is trying so hard to push to the front. Ambivalence is the only one that can sneak through. Me neither. I sit next to him on the bed. He sits up, kisses my shoulder. You make me really, really fucking confused. I didn't want to feel like this. I wanted to feel victorious, but any satisfaction, comfort, that's all muddied by that dork with the accent. Part of me feels like I owe Clark something. Not necessarily, like he doesn't have any kind of claim to my ass, but, but I know I should tell him because he would want that. But would he? I mean, this would hurt him, and I don't even know if it's a thing yet. Eros and I did agree this was over, about 15 seconds before he was on top of me. But Eros... Eros and Clark don't even exist on the same planet for me. Since Clark has been in my life, Eros has decided he doesn't want to be. But then Eros... Eros was mine first. They have nothing to do with each other. And I will cross that bridge when I come to it. Or burn it. Shar. Shar? And it's there in that purr. That wide smile, pointy teeth showing that I know I'm in trouble. She's on the opposite side of the dining car from me. Clark, apparently asleep on her shoulder. We've been rolling on for hours since the whole kerfuffle. I shake my head. No thanks. What I need is to talk to Rhea and Eros, try to figure out what I read, what it means for where we're going. Now that that is apparently not happy old Canada. But then, I need to talk about how I got my hands on what I read about Rhea and everyone else. I look quickly over my shoulder. Where are they? Oh. I blink away the mental image. No, that's not what's happening right now. I mean, that'd be mean. Does that cover it? Something about baby-faced Clark tells me he would not be cool with Rhea fucking her... Eros. What? Eight hours after him? Jesus. Being the only gay one is finally starting to feel like a good thing. Char, Persephone says. A little bit of her usual venom infecting my name. She slowly raises one of her fingers, beckons me. 
I take a deep breath. Don't know how long we're going to be on this train. What? I hiss. Sit. I obey, dropping into the booth opposite her so hard the table shakes. Sorry, don't want to wake the baby. I nod in Clark's direction. I'm not asleep, he whispers. I'm trying to look non-threatening. Yeah, well, pretty sure you could pull that off if you were holding the flamethrower. He sits up, too abruptly, face twisted in annoyance. Uh-uh-uh, boys, we need to get the fuck out of here. And to do that, we need to stay calm. But first, Persephone says, still sticky sweet as she turns her head in the direction of Truman and Ford, both sitting by the door reading off tablets, chins resting on their hands like mirror images of one another. It's like they're trying to make it impossible to tell them apart. Char, baby. I know this is fake, and yet it's not much better than her actual nice voice. Even when she's trying her hardest to seem warm, she fails miserably. It's always hollow like a trap door. You know, something is wrong, but still can't keep you from falling into whatever dark place she's waiting in. I sometimes try and imagine her holding a baby, claw-like nails brushing soft hair from its little face, trying to keep her little smile even when it starts to wail. Poor kid. What was it you took from Rebecca? Ugh, shit. I half hoped in all the chaos of the... the uh, hair thing that it would have wiped that little detail away. But no, Persephone's always had a special place for people's dirty little secrets. When we were like 10, Eros, Rhea, and I found a joint. I have no idea where. Purse made us show it to her, and of course the second we did, she took it and stowed it away in some box. Every time for the next, like, five years we did anything to annoy her, she threatened to give to Shylock. I wish she would have smoked it. Would have chilled her out. Well, she asks. There's no good way to explain this to her of all people. Anything I say will only make it seem like Rebecca and I are in cahoots. Again. I look at my hands, feel a lump in my throat like when I told her about the void. There's something wrong with me. Technically, there is something wrong with me. If those files are even a little accurate, the odds of me having a success are low. Scary low. As insane as this shot thing has been, at least I'm doing something to feel a little less helpless. What? Clark asks. Yeah, it's a... condition. I chance a glance up. Clark's eyes are wide open. Persephone is relaxed, calm, unconvinced. Why haven't we heard about it before? Well, I think the closest you've come to asking me about my health is telling me to choke. She laughs, a twinkling more like knives than bells. Truman, I think, lifts his eyes in her direction before returning to his reading. Is it serious? I don't... I swallow to add effect and also buy some time. They haven't told me. It's some kind of heart thing. I can't even... Go for it, I think. I can't even exercise anymore. They mold this over. Clark leans forward. For a second, I'm worried he's going to hold my hand. That must be hard for you, he says, more maternal than Purse and Rhea combined. Seriously, we should see if this guy can breastfeed. Why have you been allowed to cop? Thanks, Purse. 23 years of friendship and you can't even show a little concern for what could be a life-threatening illness? Fake or not, that's cold. But unsurprising. Because it isn't contagious. Besides, we aren't exactly swimming in units. She nods. Okay. She hesitates, leans in, as if she wants to breathe in my reaction. Such a pain, the only useful man is dead. 
My heart clenches like there really is something wrong with it. It's just that one thing no one can argue with, no one can touch. The grenade she walks around with pin-pulled. He's a prop to her, being dragged around and used at will. Kind of like how he was when he was alive. It is. I push my anger through my teeth, try to make a huff more like a sigh. You know, if I could do anything again, I scrub my beard with my hands, then hold them out, empty, helpless. I can't apologize again. Oh, okay then, Clark says nervously. The, uh, kidnapping, Oz. I don't know where we're going, but I don't want the only other people there to be Orsino and Rebecca, Persephone says. I agree. There's more of us than them, right? Five on four. Not including Hera? Relying on her right now isn't fair, or smart, she says. But even if there's more of us, they have weapons. They aren't going to hurt us, she snorts. They aren't going to kill us, I correct, thinking back to what I read about Rhea, whatever Orsino did to Eros. Well, it isn't like we can just hop off. I don't think we'll be the ones going anywhere, Persephone croons. Hey! Ford, maybe, barks. We jump, fuck. Could they have heard us over? Sharon, you're wanted in the engine room. Why? Persephone asks before I can. Heat rises on my neck. Wasn't told, but he'll escort you. The door clatters open and Talk appears. Giddy up. He chirps. My eyes narrow. Somehow this just got worse. I follow him out into the next car, the lounge. He keeps his hand at the window, guiding himself. It briefly occurs to me to just... Run for it. But that's the beauty of this fucking thing. Only two directions, and both of them are trouble. Who's in there? Uh, just Purse, Clark, and me. Where's Rhea? Persephone's car, I guess. Hera in her room? Yep. Of course I couldn't be sure, but y'all knew, didn't you? Yeah, I say quietly. Although, even if we hadn't, we'd still would have been shocked silent. It's insane what they do to people, man. Collect them, discard them. I'm sure you understand that. Anger prickles. This guy's seriously trying to get off on my what? Experience? Not sure what you mean, I say, although of course I do. I just don't think it's a coincidence he got a little less coverage after the whole... Coming out? I say, stopping. He must hear it, or feel it, because he pauses too. I read in your file that they wanted you to court Iris. Yeah, well, we didn't end up being either of each other's types. I just... I wondered if you ever wished things were different. When I was younger, sure. Just so things would be easier, but now? Look, Hera had it easy. Beautiful, smart, charming. Actually liked a person she could cop with. But what was easy for her was also easy for Black to manipulate. To use. It's been lonely. It's been hard. But at least my life has never been easy for anyone else. But I don't say any of that to Talc, because I don't owe any of it to him. Instead, all I give him is a... Nope. He laughs a little. I know what you're thinking. Who is this guy? What's he want? I don't say anything. I start walking. He follows. But don't forget. I know what it's like to feel isolated. To never be given a chance. Yeah. I have an entire log of cop sessions that prove I've been given more of a chance than I asked for. World's changing. Just wouldn't want you to get left behind, even though you've been exactly as unsuccessful as Eros. My mouth is suddenly dry. 
Could he have read my files? No, impossible. They're under my mattress. Could he... Could he have overheard what Apollo said to me? Well, we can't keep the president waiting, can we? Orsino leans in the corner. Rebecca is seated at her desk, reading something. She doesn't turn towards us when we enter. Sharon, what are they planning out there? She says. Nothing. Now she does turn towards me, rolls her eyes. This is all going to be so much easier if you just tell me. Y'all were just talking about something in there, right? I stare at Talk. Blink. Where the fuck did this guy come from again? We were talking about Hera, obviously. I lie. And Rhea? She's sleeping. Impressive. To be able to nap after dumping something like that on your sister. Orsino says. Impressive to fuck with so many of our lives. Totally fail at solving the murder that was your only job and still... STILL have the nerve to show up grubbier and creepier than ever. Orsino grumbles something unintelligible into his cup. Seriously, Rebecca, if you really needed help pulling whatever this is off, you could have hired a more competent plunger. Thanks for the pro tip. How are you feeling? Rebecca says. Fine. Good, because you're about ten hours away from another shot. There's another shot? This may have been the worst mistake of my fucking life. And I joined a domestic terrorist group. Once. Didn't do a great job of reading the fine print, huh? Orsino says, smiling. This is the last one, right? I say through gritted teeth. You're going to need to trust me. She says, as she shrugs. And I think back to the last two times I've done that. Wonder if I can afford to make the same mistake again. Persephone. My hands are shaking a little. <laughs> I tap my long nails on the tabletop, trying to play it off like impatience, frustration. Not this unnameable thing that's sitting in my throat. I didn't need to bring him up. It isn't like, it isn't like I couldn't have implied if it was anyone else. I, I wouldn't need to have hit the nail on the head so hard, but it's Char. He's ignorant as a rule. Fuck him for making me bring him up. It's not about an apology, sure. Technically, he's, he's done that, but then what? Then you go back to your old life of working out and drinking protein shakes and eating, I, I don't know, almonds or whatever? No. If he were really sorry, he would spend every day at my feet like my shadow try desperately to make his stupid life worth anything to atone for what he took from, you, you know, everyone. <sighs> I need a second, I say to Clark, who just nods. I stand, clench my fists. One of the guards in the corner, the one with the dumb eyes, Truman, stands. Where the fuck am I going to go? I snap with so much force it knocks him back into his seat. I stalk in the direction of my car. I pause outside of Hera's room. Maybe I knock. Maybe I just barge in, yank her out of bed, and we just shred everything in the room with our nails and our teeth, kick in our doors, shatter windows, let the cold air rush in from outside with the full force of our rage. But I don't. 
I keep walking because it would feel a whole lot better to be angry at someone right now than with them. And then Eros, lumbering towards me, awkwardly waving and closing the door to my car. A good target, but not as good as move, I bark, nearly slamming his lean body into the wall. Rhea jumps when I slam the car door behind me. We stand there in the relative quiet for a moment before I begin to clap very slowly. Rhea runs a hand through her hair, as good as a confession. Please take a bow because somehow you got both who you barely wanted and who you really wanted within what? Six hours of each other? No, she says quietly. They have nothing to do with each other. She says, unapologetic. What? What kind of logic is that? Wait, no, I know. That's the thinking of someone who has zero ability to think of anyone besides themselves. She drops onto the unmade bed. It isn't like I wasn't thinking about Clark. <laughs> I'm sure you were. You probably still smell like him. Hey, she says, getting to her feet now. I am trying to figure out how I feel about him. I laugh. <laughs> Truly, I have forgotten how funny Rhea is. The point is not how you feel. It's about taking into account how he feels. Dude, this is not easy for me. Really? Because you certainly seem to be having a lot of fun, dude. Eros has been ignoring me, not talking to me for months. We needed to talk. We needed to figure stuff out. By fucking? She's red now. From anger or shame, it's hard to tell. No, no, that just happened. Just happened. You know how much effort Clark puts into impressing you? Into making you feel seen and, and appreciated and cared for? Why do you care so much? Six months ago, this would have been a Friday night for you. Because it isn't fair! I say, before I can stop myself. So you're jealous? She responds. No. I am bewildered, amazed even, that despite the fact that you have been afforded a confidence you cannot measure up to and frankly don't give a shit about, everyone has always liked you, wanted you, worried about you, even now when it's supposed to be about me. I didn't ask for this. Then stop sucking up all the air in every room you walk into. Some of us are just trying to fucking breathe. You didn't... No, Rhea says. She throws her hands up in the air. No, say it. You didn't treat Dion any better than I treat Clark. I actually like Clark because he's clever and funny and doesn't treat me like the other sacred sister. But you, I mean, you were already getting sick of Dion. I want to say so badly, I can already feel her nails digging out my eyes. Rhea. But I don't, because I can't bear to tell anyone else the truth today. Doing that with Hera and Eros, I just don't feel any better. You didn't deserve what happened to you. 
Placating her is as close as we're going to get to getting along here. Fuck you, Rhea. You're welcome, I think. We need to get them off the train, I say, knowing I don't need to specify the them. Yes, we do. Do you have a plan? I ask, looking at my feet, playing up the sheepishness as best I can. We need to work together right now, and that's going to go a whole lot better if she thinks she's in charge. Of course I do, she says, turning on her heel. Man, I hope she can still lie better than that. Wait, purse. She stops, hand on the knob, doesn't turn around. Don't tell him, please. But she says nothing, just presses on. Persephone. Act calm. Act normal. I say to myself as I casually reach my hands up, untie my hair, shake it out. The plan really is so easy. My eyes shift to the side, to where they still sit in the corner. Ford's eyes drift in my direction like the lights dimming before a film. The show is about to begin. I'm alone now in the dining car. Rhea better be doing her part. I'm glad she's left me in charge of this scheme. Her last one was such a disaster. The problem was she didn't play into anyone's individual skills. <laughs> Classic Rhea trying to use everyone in the same way. Maybe that's too mean. But then I remember Clark nervously trying on bravado to impress her. Maybe that isn't mean enough. Even Eros, all those nights he spent just lying next to me, trying to feel just calm. Why couldn't Rhea let him have that peace? Focus. <laughs> Focus. I can't let myself get mad right now. The key to this whole thing, if I remember correctly, is to feel it. Let it radiate out from you. Boys, I ask Truman and Ford in the corner. Ford looks up to me. I know this isn't really your job, but could you help me with something? Ford opens his mouth to speak, but Truman jumps in first. We're really just supposed to keep an eye on this car and back. Oh, sure, I know, but... I walk slowly over to them, lean on the bar. It really will just take a moment. What is it? Ford says. It's in my room. I wouldn't ask, but it just seems kind of dangerous. What does? Truman bites. There's this armoire. It's right next to my bed. It rattles every time we go around the bend. I'm, I'm just worried it's going to crush me while I sleep. Why don't you ask one of the boys to do it? He asks. It's just... I shrug, smile, look down, embarrassed, apparently, by my own transparency. Seems more like a man's job. I look back up. Come on. Sorry, can't help you. Truman says, his stupid block of a head turning back down toward his tablet. 
Wait, Ford interjects. Fuck, am I going to have to straddle this guy in the... Truman, it's an unnecessary threat to the baby. Ford's face is so honest, so serious. You think President Gold would make the exception? I do. Truman nods. Mind instantly changed once someone brought up Rebecca and the baby. I stand up straight, tuck my hair behind my ears, feeling stupid. Actual embarrassment flooding my cheeks. They're standing up now, not even looking at me, which at least allows me to do up one more button of my blouse. Let's go, Truman barks. We walk quickly along the hall, back to my cabin. We're nearly there. I look down at Ford's hip where I can see a large device in a heavy weatherproof casing. Does that allow you to radio anyone you want? I ask. Yep, he says. But I can't let you use it. What is it with these guys? Oh, I wasn't asking for me, I say, laughing a little as they walk into my car. I was asking for you, I say. Shoving Ford so he trips into Truman, I slam the car door shut. Lock it. Raya, do you mind if we walk outside? Orsino raises his eyebrows, suspicious of my politeness. Don't exactly want to be seen with you, I say. He rolls his eyes. Of course, don't want your boyfriend to get grumpy with me, he says, propping the door open and holding it. After you. God, I want to hurl him over the fucking railing. Try and keep your head down. If they see me talking to you, they'll know something is wrong. I step outside. My long hair whips into my face, but... At least it's shielding some part of me from the fucking cold. Damn, I should have gotten my jacket back from Eros. I can just barely hear Orsino's boots rattling on the metal just a few feet behind me. I stoop over, below the window, just as we pass the dining car. Persephone is still in there with Truman and Ford. This better work. She was scary confident. We hatched this thing person-to-person telephone style. Clark is keeping Talc occupied. Char said we should single Rebecca out, make her be the one to drive this thing, which makes sense. You know Truman and Ford don't know shit about where we're going, and I can barely be within three feet of Orsino. And now we should be somewhere near the outside of Hera's room. I thought about tapping on her door, trying to talk to her. Not even about this, about how she's feeling, about Apollo's head, about the fucking weather. I'd tattoo whatever she wants to talk about on my forehead if she wanted. I just need to hear her say something. What is she thinking about? What does she need? I know it isn't me, but everything in my body wants to be with her. That's how I know it's the right thing to leave her alone. Let's pick it up. Orsino says, placing his hand on my lower back and shoving me forward. I shudder. And not from the cold. Just a few more seconds. I try and think of something worse I manage to stomach with each step. There's all those mornings having to run four miles with just an incredible hangover. Being poked and prodded with the stiff, bony fingers of ancient doctors. Apollo's sweaty hand gripping my shoulder. The last time we had to cop. 
<laughs> you know, I don't remember it, but at some point I did inhabit Rebecca's uterus, and that was a whole nine months of what I'm sure was unimaginable unpleasantness. So this should be, you know, easy. We're nearly at the back of the caboose now, where the door back inside is, where Eros is waiting to jump Orsino. I open the door, step inside. Orsino is just behind me. He closes the door, but grabs my arm before it can click shut. Uh-uh-uh. He looks around from his safe space by the door. Eros won't be able to grab him if he's there. I'll stay right here. I try and yank my arm back from him, but he won't release me. His fingers dig into me, but he uses his thumb to caress my cold skin. I'm really looking forward to you giving me what I want. He smiles and my stomach lurches. Finally, he drops my arm. Tell me what you did to Apollo. And then Eros jumps out from behind the armoire by the bed. He rushes Orsino, who doesn't even have time to react before he's shoved into the door. It swings open too easily. Eros must be shocked. He... But when I look at him, there's nothing but rage. He throws Orsino's body onto the metal railing. No, no, Orsino says, voice full of a fear I've never heard. Eros? I say, this isn't how it's supposed to go. Ask me. Eros growls. Ask me to let you live. Orsino, eyes as wide and white as the great nothingness of snow we shoot by, blubbers, p -p please But Eros just smiles, and in one rapid motion heaves his body over. Orsino hits the tracks hard, the sound of someone's skull bouncing off metal. He rolls and rolls like a dice, arms and legs flailing and flailing. When he finally stops, a hundred feet behind us, his body lies in a heap, motionless. You didn't need to do that. I whisper, eyes still fixed on the rapidly vanishing Orsino, because even this death is easier to look at than Eros right now. Hey! That yelp snaps me back to the moment. We spin to see Ford and Truman being shoved into the car. Eros grabs the door, closes it. We race to the front of the car, feet pounding on the iron. I slip, barely catch myself. We run on, leaping onto the next car where Persephone is. Char steps out, drops to his knees. Careful, Persephone says to him. He nods, leans in to where the two cars are connected. He heaves and then tightly grips the pin that connects them. Eros holds his shirt to keep him from falling in until, yes, yes, Truman and Ford are left behind as their car disconnects and Char falls backwards, large piece of metal raised like it was the sword in the fucking stone. Eros hugs him, overjoyed, kisses the top of his big head. No trace of the person I just watched murder Orsino. But I'm distracted by Persephone patting me on the back. Well, I need a nap, she says, turning to walk down the corridor. And that's when I see it. Per Persephone, I say, suddenly unable to find my voice. You're bleeding 